This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Good morning, everybody. Oh, you can do way better than that. Good morning, everybody. Yes, I was afraid for a minute you were drowning out there or something. Yes, you know, um, we were praying that God would give us rain. I think he heard. Yes, yes. You know, there's a lot of things that we think we can do, but we're not very good at making rain. And so uh, we are so grateful today, in spite of our umbrellas and giving each other wet hugs, it's great to have some rain to fill up our reservoirs and water our land. So I want to say a special welcome to all of you who are first-time guests Let's have a round of applause for all of our first-time guests here this morning. You know, we're on this great journey of, of just meeting with God, and uh, things are pretty simple around here. We, we read the Bible, and we love Jesus, and that's how it works. And so every Sunday, one of the great things that God does in our church is He brings always a bunch of new people and many of them come once or twice, and they're not ready for all that God has for them at this point. But you know, it breaks down the walls that they have, and they just sort of click away in their mind. Boy, if I ever get ready to go to church, I know where I'm going to go. So you might be in that category this morning, and if you are, I just want to say welcome to you. Others come, and they are ready. And so they come, and they visit once, and then they stick. And it's a pretty common thing for people to say to me, you know, we were going to go out, look for a church, and we visited New Life, and we just never went anywhere else. So uh, that could be you this morning, if it is. Um, I, I just pray that wherever you are, that you get connected with God today. That you sense His presence here, because the Bible says that when we meet together in Jesus' name, that we get a special audience with God, and He shows up. So uh, He is here, and if while I'm teaching or preaching or we're baptizing people, if you feel something stirring on the inside of you and you feel maybe feelings you've never had before in church and maybe you're moved to tears or, or whatever else it might be, just recognize that that's because this is not a religious club. This is a church. This is a group of people who meet with God. And when God shows up, we get touched deeply. And so I want to welcome you along on that journey. As you can tell, it is Baptism Sunday. Are you ready for that? Yes, me too. Me too. It's going to be a great, great morning. So for those of you who are brand new, let me walk you through a couple of things. We have two tools that we use every Sunday in our church, and I want to walk you through what they are so that, uh, so that you know what they are. This first card we always fill out at the beginning of the teaching time, so if you pull it out of your program, fill out the contact information portion of it. Um, later on in the service, we'll be collecting it. But on the back side, there are places for you to ask for information, to uh, ask us to pray about something that's going on in your life. There's all sorts of opportunities for you to connect directly with our staff. I want to say one thing, and if you were here last Sunday, it'll make sense to you. If you were not here last Sunday, well, yeah, just give, give me permission for a minute to speak to everybody who was here last Sunday. We gave you the opportunity to test drive a ministry. We put that back up on the top part of the Connect card because uh, we were kind of in a hurry when we dismissed last week. 
So if you didn't get a chance to check that you would like to test drive a ministry, please take an opportunity to do that right now. The second tool are the teaching notes that, that you will see inside your program. We provide those every single time we teach because we expect you to learn. We expect when you come to church that you would enable God to make an investment in your life. And uh, so I'm going to teach for the next uh, maybe 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. I've got some other things I want to say to you uh, at the end. But I'm going to teach this morning from maybe a different perspective than I've ever taught before. Next Sunday is Transition Sunday. Are you excited about that? Yes, I am too. Next Sunday is a huge Sunday in our church because next Sunday we make uh, Kevin our lead pastor and we enter a whole new season in our church's history and that's going to be a fun time. We've got some special activities outlined that he doesn't know anything about yet, so don't tell him, all right? You won't know, so I'm not going to tell you either, all right? But we're going to have a lot of fun doing that and that, that's just a great time for our church. But what that means is that this is the last Sunday I get to speak to you as your senior pastor. So I uh, spent a lot of time thinking about what would I say? What would be appropriate for this particular moment? And, uh, you know, God was just so kind. And he just started revealing things to me. And so I, I'm going to speak from my heart to yours today. And then I've got some things I want to say in the end about where we're headed as a church and where I'm headed personally as I continue to stay on the staff. But for right now, the word that God gave me that I want us to sort of dig into and talk about this morning is the word destiny. So you'll see it at the top of your notes because destiny is a huge thing. And if, if I had one thing to say to you as your senior pastor, it would be the statement that you see up on the screen right now. And then as let's continue to relentlessly pursue our destiny in God. Can I tell you, as your friend and as your pastor, if we ever lose sight of that, then we will have fallen way short of the potential that God has given us as a community of believers. God has such a great destiny for us, not just in heaven. He has a destiny for us on this earth. He has a destiny for us that He's calling us to step into. And, and as the decades come and go, that destiny is always out there and He's calling us ever and ever closer to that. And I laid out for us back in September two different parts of that destiny that I want to remind us of this morning. And the first part of that destiny is that we would be the church that God uses to change the spiritual climate in our community. And you know, the great thing is, that is happening. There's a shift that's happening in these communities in and around Petaluma, and, and they are becoming more and more open to the gospel of Jesus all the time. And, and friends, that's a great thing. Somebody walked in this morning, handed me a, a pretty good-sized postcard, and there's a church starting in Ronert Park. My prayer is that the people of Ronert Park are open to hear the gospel of Jesus from that church. 
That shift is taking place. Um, it's taking place um, in our schools. It's taking place in our city government. Um, I, I could go in and document for you. For instance, when I first moved to Petaluma, not one of the schools in our town was open to have a, a church uh, rent their facility. In fact, you couldn't. Now, every school in our community is, is available for churches to rent. When I first moved to town, the schools didn't consider churches as any, any sort of resource. They were sort of um, a group of people to be feared who were trying to impose their beliefs on everybody else. I'm happy to tell you that that's shifting and that's changing. And in fact, many of the Christians from our town are having great influence in the, in the schools, not from a hostile takeover standpoint, but just from an influence. Can I tell you that influence is far more effective than a hostile takeover? Yeah. It's part of us relentlessly pursuing this destiny that God has for us. That we would be that church that just sort of leads the way and other churches would get on board and together God would use all of us to change the spiritual climate in this area. And he's doing that already. The second part of, the, of, of our vision is this, that we would be a church that's thriving when Jesus returns. And I talked to you about the fact that we don't ever want to be the church that gets old with its pastor and the people all sit around, look at each other and go, what happened to those young people? Right? That we would always be a church that was reaching the coming generation. And we talked about the fact that you can never reach the coming generation with this generation's leaders. Every generation is reached by its own leaders. And, and generations that are wise learn how to identify leaders in the coming generation and they raise them up and they mentor them and they train them and then they pass leadership onto them. And as they do that, the church continues to reach every successive generation. And I'm excited that next Sunday, we as a church take a huge step in that direction. Because we take Kevin, who's 32, and we put him in a place of leadership in our church where he can reach the coming generation. And he doesn't have to reach them from position number two or three or four. He can reach them as the lead pastor of our church. That's the way it should work. And let me tell you this, one of the things I love about our church is we've been through a lot of things together. And the one thing that you know, if you've been around our church very long, and that is we are always pressing into God and whatever God says to do, we just go do it, whatever that is. And it means that, yeah, that we get called out of our comfort zones often. Remember the week of beans and rice a couple of years ago that was out of our comfort zone wasn't it sure it was I mean, we could go back through our history just over and over and over again we get called out of our comfort zone let me talk to you about this transition in most churches when the senior pastor transitions out and a new lead pastor transitions in, immediately 15 to 25% of the people in the church go, see ya, I'm out of here. 
And then there's usually some sort of debate, argument about the new guy or gal or whoever and, and whatever. And the next thing you know, in the next two years, another 15 to 25% more just go. And then the church has to rebuild from there. Can, can I say that you guys are just knocking it out of the park? We talked about making Kevin our lead pastor in September. The five months have transpired. In that five months, I personally, Kevin personally, and our staff members have not received one nasty phone call, email, or letter. You guys deserve a hand. That is awesome. And I don't expect that to change. Okay? Why? Because we're just pressing into God. We're relentlessly pursuing the destiny that God has for us. And that, my friends, is a great thing. And I think our best days as a church are still ahead of us, and I'll explain why at the very end. So in this morning, when I have this sort of last opportunity to speak to you as your senior pastor, listen, please don't hear that I won't be speaking to you again. I will, okay? I will speak right here often, and it won't change how I speak to you. But in this last time to speak to you as your, as your senior pastor, I went to God's Word and said, Okay, God, what would you have me say? And He brought up a question for me that I want to pose to you. And that question would be, Okay, here's the destiny that God has for us. What could ever keep us from reaching that destiny? Because that would be an important thing for us to talk about. And as I read through the different leaders in Scripture who transitioned, Moses was transitioning to Joshua. At the end of Joshua's life, he was transitioning to a leader whose name was Othniel. Jesus, as he transitioned from this life, and just before he ascended into heaven, you know, it's amazing, every one of those guys brought up the exact same subject. And it's the subject I want to bring up to you, and it's related to destiny, because one of the things that can keep us from reaching our destiny is a little thing called fear. And any time we enter into a period of change, there's always a level of uncertainty and fear. And so... I, I, I want to. I got a diagram for us that I, that I want us to look at, and I'm going to draw it for you. So take a look at the, at the at the screen because we're going to talk about how fear can stand in a way. I call it the fear river. And this might be a little easier to see. Thank you, Justin. So if we have a river, and this is where we are. And this is our destiny. Can I say one other thing before I get into that? You know those two things about us being the church that leads the way in changing the spiritual climate in our community and us being a thriving church when Jesus returns again? I just want to say, if we fall short of either one of those, we will have missed our destiny. Are you on board with that? Are you really on board with that? Yes. Okay. 
So just to be perfectly clear, that's where we are. Now, here's, here's this thing called fear that can crop up and it can stand between us and our destiny. And so the question becomes, when my fear comes about anything, and by the way, this works not just in the transition we're going through as a church. It works in a change you're trying to make in your marriage. It works in raising children. Anytime you're trying to get from where you are to where you know you want to be and where God wants you to be, you're going to have to somehow cross the river of fear. It always crops up. For some of us, it crops up immediately. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but there's a significant portion of the people in our audience this morning who just hate change. Right? No one wants to say amen, right? (laughs) You don't want to reveal yourself, but it's true. There's a bunch of us that, I don't like change. I don't do well with change. Okay? Yeah. Your fears will come up immediately. Okay? Then there's a bunch of us in the church who love change. Right? And you know what we can be afraid of? You know what happens to us? We go, (laughs) there's nothing between me and here. I'm, I'm, I'm off and running. And then our fears come up later. But everybody has to cross the river of fear to get from where you are to where you want to be and where you should be. The question is, how do you cross the river? Well, there are two rather obvious options that come up for us. And the first is what I call swim. If you want to cross a river, especially, are there any overachievers and self-starters in the house? Are there any out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? You and I, our first tendency is, river, I'm in. No river's going to stop me from my destiny. And we jump in and we start paddling as fast as we can paddle. And we think, by golly, come hell or high water. Nice pun, right? I will make it to the other side. Nothing will stop me. But you know something? That river can be a lot further across than we think. And I just want to give you a biblical principle. You are a human being. And God has designed life in such a way that human beings cannot swim this river by themselves. Sooner or later, your fear will do you in. Sooner or later, you will give up and you will be midstream and you will pretend that you have crossed the river. And now you're not only swimming in the river of fear, you're swimming in the river of denial. Yeah, some of you know what that is. Yeah. The second way we can get across... By the way, you know what all of us self-starters who are Christians do? Because... God forbid that we wouldn't be spiritual. We pray before we jump in. Right? And we think God is going to help me do the superhuman. And I'm going to swim as hard and as fast as I can. And when I run out of energy, God will give me superhuman strength and I'll make it to the other side. 
Friends, that, that's just not the biblical model. Our counterparts, those of us who are more reserved and less inclined to be self-starters, we have a spiritual approach too. And our spiritual approach is, I'm going to stay over here and I'm going to pray for faith. And God is going to build a bridge of faith that's going to lift me up above the waters and I will go from where I am to my destiny without any fear because I will have supernatural faith. And the waters of fear will never touch me. That sounds really spiritual. It's bogus. You know, if Dr. Phil were here this morning, he would look at you in the eye and say, how's that working for you? That's not how faith works. It never has worked that way. There's not one single person in the Bible that God said, okay, here's your destiny, and it was a ways from here to here. Here's your destiny. And they just went down, and they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed. And all of a sudden, there was a moment of enlightenment, and they got up and off of their knees, and they, they had no fear, and they just went out and did everything that God said, and they got no opposition. There was nothing that came against them. Why? Because God had built this wonderful bridge that they could walk over on and never be touched by the water. So how life works. Neither one of those is a biblical model. I want to tell you, I want to give you a metaphor for the biblical model, and here it is. It's the option I call the boat option. God says, I've got a boat. And the boat will take you across the water. And when when we think boat And we think God, we think cruise ship. (laughs) Big boat. Nope. God says, I got a dinghy. It's big enough for you and me. And I've got two oars. One for you, one for me. And we're going to encounter waves, and the waves sometime are going to seem bigger than the boat. And in fact, they are. But your safety and mine, and the surety of your journey and mine, never depends on the size of the boat. It depends squarely on who's in the boat with us. Are you on board with that? That's how faith works. So we get in the dinghy with Jesus, and he's rowing, and we're rowing, and the waves are sort of splashing over the edge, and every once in a while, a big wave of fear comes over, and you and I, it hits us, and we get wet. We look at Jesus, and he goes, bail, I'm still here. And we bail the fear out of our boat with the help that he gives, and he carries us in that boat from where we are to the destiny he's given us. I don't want you to ever lose sight of that picture. Here's how Joshua said it. Take a look. Joshua chapter 1. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged. Why? The Lord our God is what? 
with. That's it. That's what makes the journey okay. No matter what comes against us as a church, no matter what opposition we face personally, no matter what adjustments God calls us to make individually in our life, in our marriage, as a church, it it really doesn't make any difference. When you and I press into God and we get the understanding that God is with us, then He carries us safely along. And when we reach the other side, we look back and we realize, oh my goodness, if God had not been with me, I never could have done it. Never could have made it. Here's the key to overcoming our fears. Trusting God is the antidote to our fears. And that's the message I would want to leave you with this morning. Trusting God is always the antidote to whatever fear you come up against. It's not stealing yourself. It's not cranking up your courage and your perseverance. It's not, it's not jumping into denial and pretending that you have no fears. It's not giving in to your fears. The, the single antidote that God has always given to His people for their fear is come to me. And I will make you strong. And I will make you courageous. And I will carry you through tough times. In fact, here's the passage I want to leave you with. Take a look at what God says through the prophet Isaiah. Here in Isaiah chapter 43. God says, don't be afraid. For I have ransomed you. I've called you by name. You're mine. Know when you're in the boat and you get that message from God, is that a good one to get? That, my friends, is a great one. He goes on to say, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, don't worry, you won't drown. Don't you love his word picture? I think Isaiah saw this diagram coming somewhere, all right? Next. He says, when you walk through the fire of oppression, you won't be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Why? For I am the Lord your God. We've called this whole sermon series dangerous. Dangerous journey. It's sometimes can feel unsure. Sometimes it can feel unsafe. And trust me, when you're in the dinghy with Jesus and the waves are coming, it can sometimes feel unsure and unsafe. But we can take that journey unafraid because over and over and over again in His Word, God says, I am your God. I'm with you. I got it. So, I want to talk to you for just a couple of minutes about where I'm going, what I'm doing, okay? But before I do that, I want to talk to you about Kevin. Um, We've talked a lot about the transition, but I haven't talked very much about Kevin, and I I want to tell you you something about Kevin. Um, Kevin is God's wonderful provision for our church. Um, When God went to lead the nation of Israel out of Egypt, He chose a guy. You and I know him as Moses. Even if you don't know much about the Bible, you probably have seen the Ten Commandments movie. All right? So here we go. 
God chose a guy by the name of Moses because God needed a guy who would be a deliverer. And Moses came on the scene, and God used Moses to lead the nation of Israel for 40 years. And during that time, he led them out of Egypt. He led them across the, well, through the Red Sea. Um, And he led them to Mount Sinai, which he called the mountain of God. And there God delivered to Moses the Ten Commandments and the rest of the law. What God needed for Moses was a deliverer and a lawgiver. But the nation of Israel was about ready to head into what he called their promised land. And what God needed wasn't so much a a deliverer and a lawgiver. He needed a conqueror. And God hand-selected Joshua and said, Joshua, you are the perfect guy for the next step of this journey. And so... God told Moses, get Joshua ready. Get yourself ready. It's time for this transition because the giftings and the talents and the perspectives that I've given Joshua are exactly what our country needs at this time. And I want you to know the same thing is true here. When God called me to come to Petaluma 16 years ago, 16 and a half years ago, He needed someone who could come here, who could start a church, who could set the culture in that church in such a way that it would be well positioned to reach the community. He needed someone with some ministry experience who could go out into the community and interface with business leaders and civic leaders as one of their peers. He needed someone with my giftings someone with the experiences that God had given me. And I came afraid. I can tell you that. I came afraid and unsure, really, of what the future would look like and uncertain. But I came certain of this, that God had called me to do this, had hand-selected me to do this, and had prepared me to do what He wanted to do. I can also tell you that over the past 16 years, we as a church have experienced all kinds of things. We have experienced in many cases the unbelievable. In fact, we have experienced the impossible on more than one occasion. Where it just didn't look like, oh my goodness, there's no way that could happen. And the next thing you know, it did. Yeah. And the giftings and the callings and the talents and the heart and the passion and the abilities that God needed in the senior leader during these first 16 years, by His grace and by His goodness, He entrusted those to me. And it's been a wonderful 16 years of just taking whatever God gave me and pouring it into His church into his people, into this community. But I can also tell you that the actual skill set that our church needs in the future and in the coming chapter, it actually fits Kevin's giftings better than it fits mine. You need to know that. 
Okay? Next Sunday, when we put Kevin as our lead pastor, we're not taking a step back. We're actually taking a step forward. Kevin has a macro perspective on ministry that's beyond my perspective in ministry. Kevin is a team leader and a project manager and a huge picture person. And I'm more of a pastor and someone who will come alongside you, put my arm around you and say, hey, can we pray about that together? And while that's a great thing, in order for the church to continue to do what God has called it to do, it actually needs someone more like Kevin than it needs someone like me. And so I want you to know that, and I haven't probably, I've said that to many of you individually, but I'm fairly sure I haven't said that from here. So um, as we get ready for next week, um, as you pray this week, would you just pray for Kevin that, that God will take every gifting that he's given him and the perspective and the talents and all the stuff that God has put in him and that God will use that for the next chapter of our church's history in the same way that he has used my talents and my giftings to get the thing off the ground. Are you on board with that? Yes. So what's next for me? All right. I'm going on a month of vacation. Yes. I'm taking my wife with me. That's even better. All right. Monica and I, and the reason I tell you that is because all along we've been telling you that once Kevin becomes the lead pastor, it's not going to seem like much has changed around here. The vision doesn't change, the destiny doesn't change, and all that stuff doesn't change. But if I disappear for a month and I don't tell you where I am, you think, wait a minute, where's all that stuff about nothing changing? Okay? So I'm looking forward to coming back at the end of a month. I'm going to step into a new role in our church as teaching and mentoring pastor, um, I, I wish I had the time right now to tell you all the opportunities that are just starting to come open uh, all over the place. Um, I don't know for sure what all that's going to look like. I know that the people in our city are anxious for me to get back in the city and to start working side by side with them in the Chamber of Commerce and, and with uh, the city council and with the police department and the fire department. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I've already had a number of pastors say to me, does this mean that you're going to be free to come and speak at our churches on Sunday mornings, which I have never done in the entire 16 years I've been here. I've never ever spoken at another church in our town since I started the church. Um, A number of churches are saying, hey, that transition thing that you're doing, not just here, but actually churches around the country are saying, that sounds really healthy. Is there a way you could mentor us in that? Um, So I don't know what all those opportunities are going to be, but I do know this. Um, For as long as God gives me life and strength and energy, I will continue to passionately pursue Him. This is my church From everything I can tell, it will always be my church, just like it's your church. 
And we're going to have fun walking through this next chapter together. Right? So, take your little card, and on the back side of your card, there are two ways that you can apply what I've talked to you about today. And I purposely didn't put anything on the card about fear or any of, any of that. I'm going to trust you to apply that in your life, and know that you will. But the two things that you can do that will just give you the most traction in your own personal life, and for us as a church, is that you would fully support and pray for Kevin as our new lead pastor, and that you would fully support and pray for me as our new teaching and mentoring pastor. So if you're on board with that and willing to do that, then you check those in, in a little while when we collect those. Then, then um, that'll just be fun to pray with you uh, and to join with you in prayer about that. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.